Welcome to Ceiling God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. How far and how much do we have to grow as a body of Christ in order to have entrance into the kingdom of heaven? <clears throat> Can we get in as babies or children? And the children of the kingdom will be cast out. Jesus stated that. But is that speaking only of natural Israel? Now, what does it have to do with the church? When we find in the constitution of the kingdom of heaven, in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the greatest sermon ever preached on the Sermon on the Mount by our Lord himself, he made some startling statements that we need to take heed to. Most will kind of overlook what Jesus said, well, Jesus is love. He's not willing that any should perish, all should come to repentance. So it's very simple. You just ask Jesus in your heart and you're saved. Or you say the sinner's prayer. But present truth requires more than that. As we see in Acts 19 chapter, Paul came upon the brethren, certain brethren, 12, that had believed. They had listened to Apollos, the silver tongue, orator of Alexandria, and had uh, repented. Howbeit, the present truth, in the present truth, these brethren, even though they had believed up to a certain point of John the Baptist with water under repentance, they still had not received the Holy Ghost. Well, would they have been saved? That's the question. And John the gospel according to John. He said, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that were made. Fathers know that word. Not newborn babies, not little children, not even young men. Because it states in 1 John 2, 12-14, I write unto you fathers, because you have known him, that's from the beginning. Then he, then John in his epistle says, I have written unto you fathers, because you have known him, that's from the beginning. The him that's from the beginning is the word of God. That is the, the truth declared by John in John 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. That's him. That's from the beginning. And the fathers know that. They know the engrafted word that's able to save them. Well, we have to obtain that word through presenting ourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service, and being not conformed to this world, Mortifying the deeds of the flesh, crucifying the flesh with the affections and the lust. That what? That we may do the will of God, know the will of God, and accomplish it in obedience unto righteousness. Though not conformed to this world, but being not conformed, but conformed to the will of God, renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now that requires our intellect focused on doing the will of God. Now, the Holy Ghost is in the spirit of man. If Christ, that spirit, if which was in Christ, is in you and dwells in you, 
In other words, you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Then it leads you and guides you into all truth. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Well, then back to Acts, the 19th chapter. Paul comes upon certain brethren, and he asked them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Have you received the Spirit of Christ, Christ in you, the hope of glory? Well, they were believers. Luke in the book of Acts tells us that. How did? They weren't in the present truth. Though Paul asked them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? He did not hear them speak another tongue. He did not see the fruits of the Spirit. They had repented. And when Paul asked that question, have you received the Holy Ghost? Since you believe, they said, sirs, we don't know whether there'd be any Holy Ghost. Well, Apollos had been through there and preaching only the baptism of John the Baptist of water under repentance. Only a repentance saying that that's salvation. Aquila and Priscilla takes Aquila. Uh, Aquila and Priscilla takes Apollos aside later on and shows him the more perfect way. And that is the present truth. The more perfect way is the ways of God are perfect. All his ways are judgment. So they were not in the present truth as stated to Paul when they re- when they responded to Paul, said, we don't know whether there be any Holy Ghost. We don't know what you're talking about. Well, then Paul said unto them, what were you baptized? Because certainly baptism, were, that was given by Peter on the day of Pentecost, having the keys to the kingdom. Now, most of the Protestant church world will take the four Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and saying, if you repent, that's all there is to it. But we find that is not the case and not true in Acts the 19th chapter with Paul declaring that they had not received that spirit of Christ. And Paul talks to the church at Rome telling them, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. And if the spirit of Christ that spirit that dwelt in Christ dwells in you. It shall also quicken or make alive your mortal body. Without that spirit of Christ, then the person, even though they believe by repentance, they're not saved. They're not in the present truth. And we see that in Acts the 19th chapter. Though Paul asked these believers, have, rather than what were you baptized? They said under John's baptism. Then Paul tells them that that was the present truth before the cross, before the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. John the Baptist was forerunner of Christ Jesus as the voice crying in the wilderness. And he was baptizing there in Jordan, saying, bring forth fruits, meat for repentance. Well, they had obeyed that. They said, we were baptized under John. Under John's baptism. John the Baptist. Well, Paul stated that. John truly did baptize with the water 
under repentance saying that they should look on him that would come after him. He must decrease. The Lord will increase. Well, he that cometh after me baptizes you with a Holy Ghost and that with fire. But they had not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And many today say it's not necessary. Holding that just water repentance, water under repentance, repenting, saying, Jesus, come into my heart. I'm sorry for my sins, saying the sinner prayer, that they're saved. But it's just not the case. It's not the present truth. And certainly not. And the present day truth that we're living in now, not of Pentecostal, but tabernacleist. So Paul then tells them that John truly did baptize with the water under repentance, saying they should look on him that should come after him. And then he preached to them Jesus Christ. When they heard that, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Just as Peter had stated there in the present truth of Pentecostal in Acts 2, 37 and 38. They were pricked in their heart. They'd received the Holy Ghost. Acts 2, 4. The Holy Ghost was poured out. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. But then in Acts 2, 37, men and brethren, what must we do? Peter, standing along with the other 11, Matthew, also standing there, said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Now we have a present truth. Remember, Jesus had said in Matthew 28, 19, Go you therefore into all the world, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever have commanded you. All things are all things of truth, which is faith the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. How many things do we have to have? Teaching them to observe all things, not partial, all things whatsoever. I have commanded you baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. But there was a revelation on that name. That name, why couldn't that name be declared right then? Because Jesus said, tell no man this vision on that man of transfiguration till after the Son of Man is resurrected, raised from the dead. Why? Because he's not declared to be the Son of God until after the resurrection from the dead. You see that in Romans 1, verse 3 and 4. He's declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit, by the resurrection from the dead. Why would that be so important? Because Jesus stated in John 2, 19, destroy this temple in three days, I will raise it up. And he said that, when I am raised and the Son of God is raised, you will know that I'm in the Father, my Father in me. And he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me because all light is in the Son of God. But the Son of God is glorified with the Father's own self, that becoming the quickening spirit. The man Christ Jesus made a quickening spirit, 1 Corinthians 15, 45. Now that's what we have to enter into. 
not just fundamentalists, not just repentance, not just the water of repentance, but to go on in the Pentecostal truth, the Pentecostal of faith, which is a greater light. Well, now what is that Pentecostal light? Well, Peter gave it to us. They received the Holy Ghost, Acts 2, 4, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. They're still doing it today. And they were pricked in their heart and said, Madam, brother, what must we do? Peter, of course, standing up along with the other 11, Matthew there also, said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. That gives us the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because Jesus is resurrected from the dead, declaring that he is the Father. Because no man can raise up his own body that is dead except he be God. Jesus stated that in John, the second chapter, verse 19. Destroy this temple. In three days, I will raise it up. The Jews said, 40 and six years were they in building this temple, and you are going to raise it up in three days? They thought this is impossible. But Jesus spake of the temple of his body, not the Aaron, not a physical brick-and-mortar temple, but Naos, the temple of his body. And he did that. Romans 1, verse 3 and 4 Jesus is declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit. How? By the resurrection from the dead. Declaring he is the Father of glory. He is that Spirit. He is that quickening Spirit because the Spirit that makes alive because he raised up his own body from the dead. Declaring him to be the Son of God. Now, the Son of God has been made a quickening Spirit. We see that in 1 Corinthians 15, 45. In the epistle of John, 1 John 5, 20, he tells us the Son of God has come. What is that? Well, not in bodily presence, but in the spirit that he is, glorified with the Father's own self, that with the Holy Ghost. Because in Acts, the first chapter, they said, wait, go in this upper room and wait until you've been dude with power from on high, which is the promise of the Father. Jesus said, which saith he, you've heard of me. We're one in the same spirit. You see that in Galatians 4, 6. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, one in the self-same spirit. Well, the Son of God has come. What is that? The Holy Ghost. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The Son of God has come and gives us, giving us an understanding of him that is true. Given us an understanding? Yeah. Because the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him the Father of glory. The self-existent eternal Spirit of God, the Lord Jehovah. So the Son of God has come and giving us an understanding of him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his son. This is the only true God in eternal life. 1 John 5, 20. Little children, keep yourselves from idols 
Amen. So be it. Well, we've missed that. We're thinking that we, as the body of Christ, just simply say the sinner's prayer and fundamentalists that we're saved. But it's not realizing that it's progressive. We have to walk in the present truth for the blood flow to wash away our sins. Where do you see that? Well, we see it in 1 John 1, verse 7. What is that? If we walk in the light, as he is in the light. Who? Jesus is in the light. We see that in 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16. That Jesus Christ, the blessed and only potentate, the almighty, the omnipotent, who only hath immortality. There's no immortal life, everlasting life, except in him. Dwelling in the light, Jesus the man, dwelling in the light, which no man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. The man Christ Jesus is that spirit. The man is God. He is the father of glory. And that is the spirit that now, the Christ, the Son of God that is in us through his death, burial, and resurrection. In all the Old Testament, it does not give us the name Jesus, being Jehovah is my salvation. My God has become my salvation because the name of Jesus is not declared to be the Son of God until the resurrection from the dead. And that's the reason why his name is not revealed until then. And then we take on the name, as many have been baptized into Christ, they put on Christ, and the whole family in heaven and earth is named that name Jesus. Taking on the name in water baptism. Well, in Acts the 19th chapter, they hadn't done that. They hadn't even heard of that. They had heard the preaching of a fundamentalist preacher, Apollos, the silver-tongued orator of Alexandria that was well-versed in the Old Testament and believed in John the Baptist's baptism under repentance through water. Well, Paul brings them into the present truth. He said, now, John, John the Baptist, truly did. That was the truth. Past, past truth, but not the present truth said, well, I'm not negating or telling you that what you've heard being baptized with water under repentance as declared to you by Paulus is not true. It is truth, but it's not the present truth. And he goes on and explains that. Acts the 19th chapter, read it. Don't take anybody's word. And most will say, well, I'm going to ask my pastor about this. Well, <laughs> you're asking your pastor that has a denominal teaching through a seminary of a cookie-cutter religion and not according to the Word of God. And probably a good man. And believes it's the truth. And it was the truth, but not the present truth. And that's where we err. Not walking in the light as he's in the light. Take a look at First John 1 verse 7. He states, that if we walk in, that's a big if, if we walk in the light, having our conversation in the Lord Jesus Christ, as he is in the light, Jesus the man 
has entered into that light which no other man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16. Now, we have to walk in that present truth. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, the man Christ Jesus, that is now that quickening spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. Then we have fellowship one with another. We're in that blood flow then in the body of Christ, bringing us all together in one in the unity of the faith, growing up in him in all things, all truth. Notice it says, and then, and only then, does the blood of Jesus cleanse us from all sin. Predicated upon what? We're walking in the light as he's in the light. Present truth. So Paul is bringing these brethren, that these believers, into present truth. They had past truth, past truth, and not walking in present truth, are the ones that build a grove, prophets of the grove. That's where Jesus used to move, God used to move, and they built up a grove there to honor God in that truth that God did move in. That's the reason that Jesus told them, take that brazen serpent, Nahushtan, and destroy it, break it in pieces. Why? Because if you don't, they're going to take that bronze serpent, lift it up in the wilderness, and they're going to start worshiping it. You have to go on. Paul states that in Hebrews 6, verse 1. And he's not negating truth but says that we're never to look behind, but always looking to that which is before us. And he says, leaving, therefore, the principles of the doctrine of Christ, the principles there, and he goes on and enumerates them. Let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of faith toward God, repentance from dead works, the doctrine of baptism, and the laying on of hands, and of the resurrection, and eternal judgment, and this will we do, if God permit. What? Let us go on to perfection. But that's not taught. It's not believed. It's simply believed as an act, not a progressive going into greater truth from glory to glory, from faith to faith, but it's taught through most denominal, denominal church world in the Protestant religion that you have an act that you've repented, you're forever saved. And it's just not the truth. They're prophets of the grove. And that's where God used to move, but we have to keep walking in the present light. And in that present light, and that light, the path of the just is as a shining light that light is a light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. It's not stagnant and say, well, I've got it. It's progressive. And we're going from faith to faith, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord in present truth. Is Pentecostal faith now the present truth? No, emphatically no, for those that have an ear to hear. And being led of the Spirit of God in this present time we're living in, the preceding word of God, by which every man shall live thereby, 
knows that that's not the present truth. So Paul's bringing them up into the present truth of Pentecostal faith in Acts the 19th chapter. Under them, what were you baptized? They said under John's baptism. And then he states that John truly did baptize with water under repentance, saying that they should look on him that come after him. Look further down the road in the truth of God. Then he preached to them Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. And we must be in that. And when he did, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Paul laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost, born of the water and the Spirit. How do we know that? Because they prophesied and spake in other tongues and prophesied. Now they received the Holy Ghost. They're in the present Pentecostal proceeding word of God some 2,000 years ago. Where are we now? Well, we're not in Pentecost anymore. We're in tabernacles. We're not Pentecostals. We're tabernacleists. We're in that last day, third season of tabernacles. The three feasts there, three divine appointments of God with man, and that is the Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. What is the Feast of Trumpets? It's a ministry voice of Jesus as declared through the prophets. Well, the truth of God is built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. They said, how long will you make me hear the sound of the trumpet? The alarm of war. What will you do in the solemn day? In the days of the voice of the Lord. What is that? The voice of the Lord is the feast of trumpets, the trumpet voice of God, the clarion voice of God that Paul talked about growing up into Jesus. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, a stranger they will not follow. John declares it in the Revelation. 4 verse 1, there's a voice of a trumpet. That's the ministry voice of Jesus. That is not Pentecostal. That's not the Pentecostal faith. It's much higher glory. Look at Revelation 4, verse 1. There was a door open in heaven. That door is the door of the heart, our heart. Jesus stands at that door of our heart and knocks. If any man will hear my voice, that's the work of the ministry. That's the ministry voice of Jesus. If any man will hear my voice and didn't do nothing, no, open the door. Open your heart to the present truth, to be sealed, that after you receive the word of God, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise until you receive the promised possession. The word of God is what seals us. Not just a Sabbath teaching. No. The word of God in present truth is what seals you walking in the light as he's in the light. Then you have fellowship one with another, blood flow through the body of Christ. The body of Christ being one in spirit, in mind, one mind and one accord, speaking the same things in the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God. Well, if we walk in the light as he's in the light, in present truth, then the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. 
second by second, minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, etc. But what if we're not walking in the light or not in present truth? Then we are backslidden. We're not walking in the present truth, which is the proceeding word of God, which man shall live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, that is very important and critical to be able to do the will of God. To do the will of God, we have to hear his voice. The ministry voice of Jesus is stated there in the book of the Revelation that God said, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. If any man will hear my voice, present truth, and open the door. You have to be open to the things of God. Greater truth. Then Jesus said, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. We will eat the good word of God and the powers of the world will come. John kicks it off in Revelation 4, verse 1. There was a door open in heaven unto him. Why, he had opened that door. And a voice of a trumpet talking with him. He's in fellowship with God in present truth. Tabernacle truth, tabernaculish, not Pentecostal. Paul stated the same truth. He said, uh, it's a worldly sanctuary, Hebrews 9, but with a divine service. And Hebrews 9, 5 said, these cherubim shadowing the mercy seat of which now we cannot speak particularly. Why not? Why couldn't he particularly speak of the cherubim of glory shadowing the mercy seat? Because he was in Pentecostal faith. It was not time for it yet. Those are the two olive trees, the cherubim. It's a body of Christ into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ, not as newborn babies that are unskillful in the word of righteousness. Neither are they little children that have known the Father. They've far gone far higher in glory. And they're not just young men that have the word of God is strong in them. They have overcome the wicked one. They're fathers. I write to you fathers because you've known him. That's from the beginning. I have written unto you fathers because you've known him. That's from the beginning. That's the final growth state of the Christ in you, the body of Christ coming unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ unto a perfect man, the knowledge of the Son of God. A perfect mirror image. That's where we are now. That's where those that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And God has told us to bring this word to the body of Christ, to the ministers, to the believers, not because of any or righteousness or holiness, but for his name's sake. On the 19th of January, 2019, I'll say it again. We received, I received a visitation from the Lord Jesus saying, seal my people by my word. Even as I send my angel ascending from the east, Having the seal of the living God, so send I you. That's the word of God. Seal my people by my word. And that's what we are doing to the best of our ability in obedience unto righteousness to obey the voice of the Lord God. So tune in. We need to hear from you. The body of Christ coming together now. Please contact me. And we will in the body of Christ Move to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ in present truth as tabernacleist in this last season of God upon us. 
the body of Christ. Call me. Country code plus one. 903-746-4885. Leave a message. I'll get right back to you. Again, plus one. 903-746-4885. You can write to me and be glad to receive your letter. Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. You can also join me on our daily podcast, downloading our app, Feeling God's People. Tune into the daily podcast as we go into the present truth to those that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. All we do is pop the rag, shine your shoes as servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can also join me on our private website. Register there. Get your username password at jcic.tv. You can ask questions and give your comments. There also you can drop a message to me over dennisbeard.org, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com. Or if you want to send forth the feet of this gospel, to Africa and India now that are called. As we get ready for a mission trip, we need your prayerful support and your financial support and your giving. You can do that at our website, tennisbeard.org. And all offerings there, God will bless you. Providing for yourself treasures in the heavens. Well, I pray God perfect that which is lacking in each one of us, that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold, the real Jesus.